reading from the 11th chapter of the Gospel according to John, beginning with the first verse. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though, accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after hear, having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death but they thought he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. 
When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man had kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there's a stench, because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I've said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The fabled last word That sentence that brings finality. For Mary and Martha, death had the last word. They were convinced of that. They admitted as much to Jesus when they said, if you had been here, He wouldn't be dead. The last word brings us to our final opinion on a matter. It solidifies our perspective. The last word brings us either to complete agreement, complete disagreement, or it causes us to yield to the authority of another person's opinion and their perspective on whatever matter we're discussing. We often find irony in last words, and so we call them famous last words, such as, no, he doesn't bite. Or my brakes are fine. Are you sure the power's off? One of the best ones, one word, Oops. Don't worry, the doctor says I'm not contagious. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. If you're ever doing something with me and I say that, you just need to back off. <laughs> hey, y'all, watch this. Y'all have heard that one before. That's the famous last words before you go to the emergency room, right? Sometimes we say something is the last word simply because of the irony that comes after it. And that's what happened in the story today. Everyone thought the last word was that Lazarus was dead. And sometimes we say that something is the last word because it wraps up an argument. And the stench certainly did that. No one wanted to roll away the stone. But most often we say something that 
is the last word because it perfectly represents our opinion and our perspective. And there are several instances of that in the story today. When Mary and Martha say, Lord, He's dead. When the disciples say, He'll be okay if He's sleeping. The last words spoken in this story reveal us the perspective of the characters involved in it. And it determines when the last word has truly been spoken. And in this story, it's the perspective of love that wins out. The perspective of love that has the last word. Because John tells us that Jesus loved Lazarus. And Jesus' love for him was revealed when he wept. His love for the people around him was revealed when he wept at their unbelief and the pain that they were experiencing. It affirms for us the great love that we heard about just three weeks ago. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. The word came to Jesus and the disciples that Lazarus was ill, that he was perishing, that he was hurting. We're told that Jesus loved them, but He waited two days. Then He decided to go to Bethany. And the disciples wanted to have the last word on that. They said, you can't go back. They just tried to kill you. But Jesus said, our friend has fallen asleep and I'm going there to wake him up. And of course, they, like doctors today, thought, well, he's sleeping. He's going to get better. Sleep is how you cure sickness, right? Get some rest, we tell people. And then Jesus had to clarify for them and say, Lazarus is dead. But before he had decided to wait, he told them that this illness will not end in death. He said to them plainly, this sickness does not lead to death. But then suddenly he was saying that Lazarus had died. And it appeared that maybe Jesus was wrong. That maybe Lazarus' illness had led to death after all. And for them, suddenly, the final word was doubt. Was doubt. That this man that Jesus said was not going to die had died anyway. For them, Lazarus' sickness was temporary. His illness was temporary. But Jesus was operating from a different perspective. When they heard Lazarus is dead, for them, that was permanent. But for Jesus... Death is temporary. From Jesus' perspective, Lazarus' death was temporary. Jesus knew that death would not have the final say. The final word, the last word, belonged to Jesus, who saw Lazarus' death from the perspective of God's mercy and love. Mercy and love that sent and gave an only Son so that Lazarus and we may not perish, but have abundant and eternal life. No matter what sickness or illness or mistake of judgment comes our way. And so Jesus comes to the tomb. And if you've ever been to a graveside, you know that the grave is the place where death looks most permanent. When the clods fall in, and the flower petals land on top of the coffin, Death looks 
remarkably permanent. But Jesus came to that tomb and made good on His Word to the disciples. This sickness will not end in death. Lazarus had been dead for four days. We're told that to underscore that he was dead, 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 that he wasn't going to get up. Back then they believed that the Spirit hovered for three days around the body, trying to re-enter the body, but after three days the Spirit would see the grayness of the face and leave. So announcing that Lazarus has been dead for four days is their way of saying to Jesus, there's nothing you can do. He's gone. And the permanence of death threatened again. From the disciples' perspective, from Mary's perspective, from Martha's perspective, from the perspective of all the professional mourners who had come out to comfort them and wail and cry at the tomb, they looked at Jesus and pitied Him, I imagine, thinking He's so foolish to think He can do anything about this. If He had been here before, He could have kept Him from dying. But He's been dead four days. Lazarus' death to them was final. Death had had the last word, the authoritative word. There was no more arguing. And then Jesus spoke. Jesus, who is the Word made flesh. Jesus, who is the resurrection. Jesus, who is the life. Jesus, who is the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Jesus, who is the Son of God. Jesus, who is the one coming into the world, the beloved Son who comes to give life, spoke. He stood at the opening of a dark tomb, peering into the blackness and enduring unspeakable stench that spoke only of the permanence of death. He stared it down and said, Lazarus, come out. From the perspective of God's love, Death did not have the last word. And Lazarus came out. Jesus said to them, Unbind him. Set him free. Today we're reminded that death does not have the last word. The last word belongs to Jesus of Nazareth. As Peter said about him, death itself could not hold Him. Jesus will always have the last word over death. The risen Christ has the last say because He is the resurrection and He is life. And just as Jesus called Lazarus out of that tomb, He calls us out of death. And so in 1 John 3.14, we can be told that if we believe in Him and put our faith in Him, we have passed from death to life. He has loosed our bonds. We are no longer bound up by sickness and decay in the wealth of our mistakes. Just as He called Lazarus from the bonds of death, He has called us as well. And we've put our trust in Him and passed from death to life. Jesus' final say is these words, dear ones, Those who believe in Me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in Me will never die. 
And he asked his friend he loved, do you believe this? And it's an important question for us all to answer today as we come to this table of grace. Do we believe that? Do we believe that there's life in knowing Jesus Christ? Our answer to that question makes all the difference in the world. As you come to the Christ table today to receive His nourishing and sustaining grace, remember that Jesus has the last word, the final and permanent word for all who have faith in Him. And that word, dear ones, is life. Abundant and eternal life. He calls us out of the bonds of death, out of bondage to our mistakes, to our sin, to our hurts, into the freedom of abundant and eternal life. He has the final word. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.